We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, good morning. TGIF, happy Friday. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Kudos to those of you who remembered that we were doing TDC early today. I see Luke RJ, Austin War, John Edward, Brian Dean, Chase, Cody, Austin War. I already said that. Lexi, what's going on? Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel. Again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you for being flexible here on this Friday. Switching things up a little bit. Obviously, we're normally live noon to 2. We are live today 10 to 12. 10 to 12 we're rocking today because I wanted to get down to Columbia. Uh, we're picking up a whole batch of towels. Picking up a whole batch of towels as the cuts out on me. Uh, picking up towels, going out to Fine Bomb as well this afternoon. So, really excited for that. Excited to get down to Cola and see all of you and hang out with all of you. And it should be a fun final football weekend in Columbia, South Carolina for the calendar year of 2022. Isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy, by the way? Isn't it crazy? This is the last game. The last football game. Home football game. Uh, the last game at Williams-Brice for the 2022 football season. It's crazy. Time flies when you're having fun or uh, just doing the damn thing, I guess, if you want to define it as having fun. <laughs> nah, time flies, man. I mean, it's crazy. I talked about this in the podcast that dropped this morning, which, by the way, if you haven't checked that out, be sure to check it out. Um, it's crazy, man. I mean, we, 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 we start the countdown at like 100 days, right? We start the countdown in 100 days. And we spend the entire preseason just day by day by day counting it down, getting excited. And uh, and in the season, it just – in the blink of an eye, you know, it's, it's, it, it comes and it goes. So, um, yeah, it's pretty wild. So, I, I'm excited, man. Listen, I, I'm excited to get down to Columbia. Uh, excited to get down Columbia today. Enjoy the, the tailgate, the festivities, SEC Nation, fine bomb. Uh, and then the game itself, of course, and we'll, we'll – We'll have one final night together under the lights at Willie B. So, anyways, guys, do want to take your questions, comments, calls. Our friend Jake Crane will call in in the second hour, probably around 1130 or maybe even 1145. Do want to shout out the women's basketball team for kicking Clemson's ass last night. Um, as we expected, blowout fashion. The final score was 
it's here somewhere. 85 to 31. So <laughs> 85 to 31. The Gamecocks beat Clemson on the hardwood, women's hardwood. Um, how about this, by the way? We can talk about this if you like. My good friend Connor O'Gara with Saturday Down South, he's actually predicting Spencer Rattler will bolt for the NFL after this season. Uh, pretty surprising. I mean, I, you know, and, and from what he said to me, he thinks it's going to be a mutual parting of ways. A mutual parting of ways where South Carolina will get rid of Marcus Satterfield and Spencer Rattler will effectively see the door as well and try his hand at the next level. Which, I mean, listen, it, it very well could happen. It, it very well could happen because Spencer Rattler is a guy, I will give him credit to this, while, while I don't, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense for him to leave off the numbers that he's put up this year. He's a guy that's going to shine at the combine, right? He, he's a guy that's going to shine at every, at every workout because of his arm strength, because of, you know, he's got the build, if you will. But it is kind of crazy to think. I mean, he could he could realistically finish this season with more interceptions than touchdowns and bolt to the NFL. I, I, I just, it's it's wild to me, to, to say the least. Um, anyways, guys, yeah, Lex, for sure, uh, shout out the dunk, Ashlyn Watkins with the dunk, what was that, like, the only the ninth all-time in women's college basketball history, I think, something like that, so, you'd love to see it, him, Colt Hyatt calling a shot, yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is, I mean, I, it, it, Tennessee's confident, man, I mean, I, I, I want to thank Tony Basilio, I know I talked about this yesterday, but I went on his show, I mean, listen, they're, they're very confident, you know, I, I, I'm buddies with a lot of Tennessee guys, and and they're talking crap. And, I mean, what, what, what do you expect, man? I mean, they're, they're, they're 21 and a half. Let's see, actually, has the spread in that game moved? Because, obviously, last night, guys, Marshawn Lloyd, Christian Bill Smith, it was announced they will be out for this ball game. So, a, a tough task gets even tougher. And, no, Tennessee sits as a uh, 21 and a half point favorite. The over-under is at 65 and a half. Although, the money line, which was at plus 1,000 for South Carolina, is now plus – 1060. So, $100. If you bet $100 on the Gamecocks and they win straight up, you win $1,060. Vice versa, to win $100, you'd have to bet $2,300 on Tennessee to win $100 on a straight up bet. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that is that is wild. That I'm going to try something here. Here we go. Auto adjust. I'm going to try to auto-adjust the mic volume. I, I think one of the problems, guys, is why it cuts out is because there's so much the volume. There's so much volume. There's so much sound going into the microphone. Can y'all still hear me okay? Let me see. I think on my interface, I've just got my volume too high. I think that's what it is. And so when, when, it, when, I, when, I, when I say something very loudly – the mic cuts out, I think. I, I don't know. Maybe it's on my end. I, I think it's on my end. Hey, listen, I'm not a technology company. We are a uh, – I'm just a man with a mic and a podcast. Anyways, so, yeah, tough one for the Gamecocks basketball team as well. But, guys, we, we you know, we knew. We knew early on in Lamont Ferris's tenure that those type of games were probably going to happen, right? We knew they were probably going to happen. So, um, I mean, it is what it is. It's growing pains. You kind of just take your lumps as you go, and, and you sort of just go from there. But uh, – yeah, Colorado State, I mean, there, there, there's a reason I picked Colorado State to win. You know, I picked Colorado State. You're off the Lamont Paris hype train. You're a slap dick. And you know what's so funny, too? 
People love to come at me for my picks. This guy's never right anyways. If he picks us to lose, we're going to win. I'm going to, I tell you what, for all you slapdicks, for the Carolina slapdick community, which, you know what, is no longer just Twitter. It's across all social media. The Carolina slapdick community, right? I'm going to start keeping a record of my picks. I did this somewhat last year. Like, I hate flexing when we lose and I pick us to lose. And I'm like, hey, I, I got it. I got it right. But, like, I need to start keeping a picks record because there's so many folks out there who love to come down on my picks that, like, I, I just, I'm terrible with the picks. Like, I promise you guys, I get more right than I get wrong. People just only comment when I get it wrong, right? Like, and that feels so unnecessary to do. But, like, you know, Chance Crocker says, I missed it. Why you want so early? Chance, because I will be bolting to Columbia after the show. Uh, Paul Feinbaum show begins at 3. Um, I've got to pick up uh, our latest uh, latest inventory in regards to towels, Beamer Ball towels. I'm picking up 1,500 towels today. Uh, so there's just some errands I need to run, things I need to do, and just wanted to get down to Columbia and be able to get out there for Paul Feinbaum and, you know, I'm not going to stay out there the entire time, right? The show runs 3 to 7. Beamer's going to be out there at 5 o'clock, I think they said. Uh, I'm assuming my, my invite on Paul Feinbaum's show got lost in the mail. Either way, no big deal. All is forgiven. But uh, anyways, going to get out there, hang out, going to try to get Paul Feinbaum a Beamer ball towel, hook him up with some swag. Um, so hang out there for a couple hours and then uh, and then probably go to dinner with the Rippers and we'll figure out the night from there. But yeah, it should be a good time. I just wanted to get down to Columbia. That's all. Just want to get down to Cola and and uh, get the day going and get the weekend going. And we'll be out at SCC Nation as well. Uh, what is it? Uh, Marty and McGee starts at 9 a.m. and then 10 a.m. Uh, you got SCC Nation. So we'll be out there bright and early tomorrow morning. And then uh, the plan will probably be stay out there till probably close to noon, if not noon, and then go grab some lunch and then head over to Seawells and be out there at the tailgate at 2 o'clock, and we'll rock from there. So, guys, again, I want to say thank you to all you with your your, your patience. Those of you who ordered towels, um, I do apologize. Listen, I made a mistake. I made a mistake the week of the Florida game. Uh, we ran out of inventory, and I was not able to get more inventory until this week. Um, so, I'm picking up more towels today. We'll have them on hand. I'll actually have them on hand out at Feinbaum. I'll have them on hand at SEC Nation. I'll have them on hand at the tailgate, of course. So, you guys come on out. You want to purchase your beer ball towels. We got the koozies as well. We got free koozies to give away. We got stickers to give away. Uh, tons of stuff. So, going to be a lot of fun. Appreciate you all. Can't wait to see you guys one last time. One last time at Seawells. Should be a lot of fun. Chance Crockers, I'd be happy if we're competitive. I hear you, man. I hear you. I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, Zach Attack says Luke Doty, QB1 next year. That's a great question, Zach. I, I, that's, that's you know, let's let's speculate for a moment, right? I mean, assuming, let's say Rattler does leave. I, I know a lot of folks, most folks, do not think he's going to leave, but let's say he does. Let's just say he does. You'll have Luke, realistically, who is in the competition. You'll have Luke Doty, Braden Davis, and Tanner Bailey, right? Believe it or not, there will be no more Dak Joiner on the roster. We won't have to talk about Dak. Like, <laughs> I'm not even. I'm just. I'm just thinking about because I'm just so used to like Dak Joiner factoring in this conversation somehow. Like he he will not factor in this conversation anymore. Um. Anyways, though, you'll have Luke Doty, Braden Davis, Tanner Bailey. I think Colton Gothier hits the portal. I think he hit either hits the portal or he's content being a bench warmer. 
Um, if you want to throw Jalen Daniels in there, I know his father, James Daniels, follows us on social media. Shout out to him. And maybe Jalen does factor in, but but I'm going to go realistically. Your scholarship quarterbacks, Luke Doty, Braden Davis, Tanner Bailey. And so you're either going to be starting a brand new freshman, never taking a snap type of type of guy, or you're going with Luke Doty. And it wouldn't shock me. It, it really wouldn't to see Luke Doty win the job. It would not. It would not shock me. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, best man win, right? Best, best, best man wins. I, I don't care. I've said it before. I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care who, who the OC is or the head coach is even. I just want to win. I just want to win, bottom line. Um, because he, here's the funny thing. You know, I, I, <laughs> I saw somebody comment on social media about, you know, you thrive off, off Carolina losing. That's, that's, you've built your business off Carolina losing. No, I've built my business either way. And TSUS, we, listen, guys, we win no matter what. Right, we 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 win no matter what. Um, I would prefer it to be around a winning product, though. I really would. I really would. Business is going to inevitably do better when we win. There's no doubt. Hey, the the, the week that I sold the most merchandise and business did the best. I mean, business has done great all year, but the week we did the best was the week following the Texas A&M game. Like like winning matters. You know what I mean? But. Um, yeah, no, listen, we thrive either way. So, um, I just want to win. I, I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care who the coach is, any of that. I just want to win. Um, so, yeah, but anyways, back to the question. I, I could definitely see Luke Doty being the guy next year. Could absolutely see Luke Doty being the guy. Uh, Chase Youngblood, what's up, man? Appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, shout out to those who actually remember we were doing TDC early today. Shout out to y'all. Phone lines are open, guys. I know it's early. I know a lot of you are probably at work. So, again, thank you all so much for those who are tuned in. I know this is a little bit different. We'll be back normal next week. Let's talk the schedule for next week. So, we'll be normal Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, noon to 2. We will have no TDC on Thursday, as I'm sure, you know, you would imagine that makes sense, right? Turkey Day, Thanksgiving, enjoy it with your family, enjoy the festivities, all that good stuff. Um that will not just be a meal for me. That will be a day. <laughs> that will be a day, unlike what William Slapdick Muschamp said. That will be a day, not just a meal. I will be enjoying time with the family, watching some ball, eating turkey, eating ham, eating, and we can talk Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving food next week, if you will. And then Friday, we'll be back live, normal, noon to two. Podcast will drop normal Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and uh, – and then we got our watch party for the Clemson game. I don't know if many of you have kept up, but we will not be up there. We will not be going to the game. We will have our watch party. Um, <clears throat> we will have our watch party at Carolina Ale House in Columbia, South Carolina. So thank goodness we will be back on home turf watching the rivalry matchup. Next week will be a lot of fun, of course. Clemson sucks week is always a good time. Um, so... Jacob E. says, do you see what they did to Rattler ruin his pro prospects for the season? No quarterback's going to want to play for that. I mean, Jacob, I would say this. I, 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 you know, you make a great point. Jacob E. makes a great point. Because I, I talked about it, you know, when I did my positioning at preview series and just talked about the, talked about the season as a whole, like what would deem success, right? And for Spencer Rattler and for the quarterback. And I'll go into that more in a second. Let's jump to the lines. Chase, what's up, man? How are you? It's Friday, man. It's a good day. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Uh, 
just going to give you my predictions for tomorrow. But before we get to that, um, I was going to ask you, since you're going down there for the Fine Bomb Show, please tell me you're wearing a fire sat shirt right behind me. <laughs> uh, Your fit's going to be today. I, I'll, I'll keep it a mystery. You'll have to watch TV to find out. Uh, I'll be there. I'll be, I'll be sitting there with my popcorn, seeing what I'll see Philly's up to, see what he's got on. <laughs> <clears throat> Something like that. But uh, that's cool, man. But uh, I was just going to give you my prediction real quick. While I got a minute, you know, obviously our backs are against the wall, the floor, the ceiling. It's, it's against everything right now. And, you know, Tennessee's looking to expand to go to the playoffs. So they're on a mission. So it's going to be, you know, there's always that possibility that a team's going to overlook an opponent. But when you got, a, you know, a destination that they possibly have, it's hard for me to, to you know, grasp that there's there's a chance they overlook us. I mean, because they got us in Vandy. They're going to be putting up a million points trying to do anything they can because unlike, unlike like USC who's finishing with – I'm talking about Southern Cal uh, – who's got UCLA this weekend, and then they, they got uh, the winner of uh, – no, they got Notre Dame after that, who, who, who's bounced back this year. And then you got their conference championship. That's If they went out, that's a tough – that's a tough and a nice little, you know, resume for the end of the season. Tennessee's out to prove against Cupcakes. And I hate to say that we're one of the Cupcakes because who would have thought at the beginning of the year that we'd be in the position we would, you know, I thought we'd be seven to five, but like I told you before, I'm not going to keep repeating myself. But just when you've looked this bad, it's just really hurt, and the confidence levels are just depleted in ways you didn't think would be our issues this year. But long story short, you know, with my heart, yeah, there's always a mathematical probability that we we, we show up and win tomorrow. But you know, I think it's honestly going to be like something like 56. Tennessee, the fight and find some joys, 13. I mean, that's that's what I'm looking at tomorrow. I mean, I don't I don't know what we got going on. The fight and find the fight and find some joys just sent me. Yeah, that that, that just yeah. all right, but yeah, that's that's what I'm looking at. Hopefully, I'm proven wrong. You know, obviously, like I tell you every week, I'm gonna wake up. Saturday. I don't know how long before I realize, but I'm going to wake up wanting a victory, you know, always glued to the TV. I won't be there. feel like I'm going to try to save a little bit of money. So, you know, judge me if you want to, but uh, I think I'm going to watch this one from the comfort of my home so I can go hide in the fetal position afterward and be already closer to home. But um, you have fun, man. Have a good weekend. Uh, and I uh, appreciate what you do, man. I'll talk to you later. Chase the man. Appreciate it. The, the fighting finds some joys, indeed. The fighting finds some joys. Guys, I apologize for the the call cutting in and out there. I will play around with the, the connector, play around with the connection when we take our first break. I don't know. I, I just – I don't know why. Sometimes it never happens, and there's, there's some days where it cuts in and out like a couple of times. I, I don't know. I don't know. The next step for this show 
and 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 guys, to let you know, these I'm not just saying this stuff. These changes are going to come because I was going to wait till after football season, right when things slow down a little bit, holiday season upcoming. When I, you know, we won't go live for a couple of days, whatever. I think I'm gonna invest in a soundboard. Like we're we're going we're going to enhance this entire setup. We're going to enhance everything. Let's jump to the lines. Kane Moore calling in from Knoxville. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, Chris. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's up? <clears throat> oh, none. Uh, I'm going to call in and um, talk a little bit about tomorrow. Um, yeah, I kind of hate myself, to be real with you, because, like, in the beginning of the year, um, I actually bought tickets for the game. I mean, I'm going tomorrow, but mm-hmm. – literally cannot stand myself i'm like really this is the one game <laughs> like basically I have no chance and well you're whatever. I mean, I, you're I'm not the only my yeah i was gonna say you're not the only one man i mean I, I you know i feel like this was the game for whatever reason that i talked to so many people in the preseason and uh this was the one they were going to like everybody did. like so many people were going to this game so I, you know, unfortunately, it's unfortunate the way it's set up now, but, uh, you know, here we are. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, as Gamecock fans, I mean, we're all, you know, we've been through this before, but I'll tell you what, I really missed out on buying the Texas A&M or yeah, Texas A&M tickets. That would have been a good one to go to, but mm-hmm. Hey, it's still going to show up and rock it. Um, I don't know. What do you think? You know, Realistically, in your opinion, you know, what do you think is going to happen in the offseason? You think, you think Shane's going to, you know, be done with Satterfield? Or, I mean, what yeah. Do you think is going to yeah. No, listen, I, 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 I think changes are coming this offseason, no doubt. Yeah. I think – l- let me let me make a prediction. I'm going to guess right now. I think Sat's gone. Adkins is gone. I think Hardesty is gone. And I think Jimmy Lindsay is gone. I think that's I, – I would assume all those guys are gone. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it would really be that hard on Shane anyway. I mean, I know the man was at his wedding, but it's not like it would be that hard anyway. I mean, his contract's up regardless. It's not like he has to look at him and say, hey, you're fired. <laughs> you know, it's more of just a, all right, well, your contract's up, and um, I think we're going to move on to different things, my man. You know, so, like, I like, you know, I've told everybody. I mean, I know that Satterfield is not a good OC. I mean, I like him as a guy. I mean, he's like a really cool dude, but. He's just not a SEC caliber OC, and you know, I don't know. And it, and earlier you were hitting on, you know, what Pritzker is going to do in the offseason, and I don't know. I mean, there might be people out there that disagree with me, but I, I just feel like he'd be really dumb, like get away for him to just kind of bolt to the combine because, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what kind of look. I mean, like you said, he would shine at the combine and everything. I completely agree with you, but I don't know what kind of luck he would have, you know, considering the numbers and. You know, it, it just really does not look good on us as a developmental, quote-unquote, program, you know, that they talk about so much. And it's like, you know, you kind of, in a way, hope he comes back maybe under a new under a new, uh, under a new OC. And um, <clears throat> maybe maybe that new OC will have a better scheme for him, something that's more comfortable. And, I mean, that's what I would do if I was him, yeah. you know, is just stick around for one more year and, you know, put up some better numbers yeah no for sure I mean I, I I agree and I I said it over the summer man that I felt like uh 
you know, I, I felt like if you did not get him to the league this year, yeah, it would, it would certainly be a negative against South Carolina because, you know, the, the, the draw of getting Spencer Rattler, to me, in my opinion, when you first landed him, it was, it was bigger than just, oh, well, you're going to win eight games this year. You're going to win nine. It was about setting up for the future and changing the narrative around the quarterback position at South Carolina, right? You haven't had a quarterback drafted since April of 1990 when Todd Ellis was selected, right? So, like, to, to really get this program going, like, it's a quarterback-driven game. You need that player. Um, and if you're not able to take Spencer Rattler and get him to the next level, I mean, that does nothing but hurt your recruiting at the quarterback position. Like, what top-notch QB, what, what quarterback with any sort of aspirations of playing in the NFL is going to come here? I, I mean, that doesn't mean you can't get solid players, but, like, I mean, you you have – like, no matter what you think about Spencer Rattler, the man has a skill set. No matter what you think, he's got a skill set. So oh, definitely. Yeah, you've, yeah no. you've completely mismanaged that. You, you've completely – I mean, it's been just coaching malpractice at its finest in regards to, you know, developing know, him just, or lack thereof. So. Yeah, it literally makes me sick. Like, you know, I remember the uh, in the offseason um, – you know, before the season started, I remember exactly how every I, I know exactly how excited I was, but I mean, just everybody in general was so excited about it. You know, to, to literally watch them all year long just drag this man through the dirt with a scheme that is just piss poor. You know, it's it's really it really sucks to watch as a Carolina fan because it's like, damn, like when are we going to be able to have an experiment like this again? When are we going to have another quarterback like this again? To in a way, kind of show quarterbacks, you know, that we're trying to recruit to, to come here, you know. So that's why I'm kind of secretly hoping, you know, myself that he sticks around for one more year, just, you know, gets under a better scheme, you know, because that'll look better on him for the NFL, or that'll look way better on us as a program, you know. If it's, I mean, then we can pretty much chalk it up that we just had a bad OT his first year, hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that that's your that that's your that's your that's your only saving grace, right? Moving forward is is telling telling these recruits like, hey, it really was all this man's fault. Like we we can develop quarterbacks here. It, it, it's just it's this guy's fault. Yeah, yeah. I really hope that's what it comes down to. And you know, I really do. I believe in Shane Beamer. You know, from the day we hired him, and I'm, I'm sure he'll make the right you know choices and decisions for the program in the offseason. And honestly, I'm pretty sure that. The only reason he hasn't fired him yet is because, for one, his contract is going to be up at the end of the year. And then yeah. it's like, okay, you know, even if it wasn't, like, why would I just – why would I do that right now this far deep into the season? You know, might as well just let him go at the end of the year. So, you know, because after that Missouri game, if he didn't fire him after that, then, yeah, he's definitely not getting fired until after the end of the season. So, but, <clears throat> but you know, I'm optimistic. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure things will get better and, you know, I'm sure next year will be a little bit better, you know, offensive. God, I hope offensively it will be better. Um, I mean, I know, you know, a lot of people like to talk about the offense. But I mean, defensively, too. I mean, I hope that, you know, things can get better on that side of the ball with recruiting and, you know, getting the big fellas up front yeah. and all that. I mean, Zach Dickens is gone after this year, which really sucks, you know. And I mean, you got to have guys step up and, um, <clears throat> you know, you just kind of wonder how it's going to go on that side, too. But, mm. you know. But yeah, I won't. I won't um, down here too long. I just wanted to ask you about that and everything. I'll definitely be there tomorrow. Um, might even swing by your tailgate if that's cool. 
I, hey, I appreciate it. We'd love to have you, my guy. It'd be awesome. Yeah, we'll have a good time. We'll be out there at two all day long. So definitely swing by. Let me know. <laughs> hey, we'll have plenty. We'll have plenty on hand, my friend. <laughs> All right, Chris. Again, man, I really enjoy uh, enjoy listening to your show and keep doing your thing. Go Gamecocks, and uh, probably see you tomorrow, man. Hey, man, sounds good. Looking forward to it. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for calling in. All right, brother. Yeah, man, take care. Great stuff, great stuff. That's a Knoxville Gamecock. I know he's been going through it this season. Um, let's see. Anyways, guys, phone lines are open. I know we just missed a call. If you want to call back in, you're more than welcome. 843-790. Here we go. T-Lex, what's up? Hey, Chris. How's it going? I'm doing pretty well. What's going on? Not much. I just wanted to switch gears a little, uh, a minute and, and get your opinion on this. Uh, you know, there's uh, the rumor that SEC has a possibility of getting rid of divisions and, and going to a pool mm-hmm. system. What what are your thoughts and opinions on that? Um, so I got Bill Cox. Appreciate it, T-Lex. Thank you. Short, sweet to the point. I love that. So if they were to do the pod system, I know that yesterday we heard the rumor they were just going to do one big conference you know, I, I, I'll i say this, and I, and I don't come from a place of, like, everybody should get a trophy kind of vibe, but I do come from a place of entertainment value kind of vibe, right? And, like, when you have pods, at least, if you have four pods of four teams, you do keep more teams and, in turn, more fan bases interested for a longer duration of the season, Right. Versus if it's just, and I'm not saying that, you know, uh, listen, I I think most fan bases understand that, you know, even with divisions right now, even if you had pods, most fan bases understand who the fan bases are or who the teams are that are most likely going to win the SEC and, you know, who's not. Like, I don't think any South Carolina fans came in this season thinking we'd win the SEC. Nobody did. Mississippi State fans didn't think that. Ole Miss fans probably didn't think that. Kentucky fans probably didn't think that, you know. Even, like, Florida fans probably didn't think that. So, but it just does give you something else to play for, Um, you know, versus where you just have 16 teams in the top two play, and it's like, I I mean, but granted, then again, I mean, you know, we, 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 we complain about it's, you know, it's the same two teams playing all the time, and the play, you know, granted, the playoff does look a little bit different. So, I don't know. I I, I don't think I, – I got no problem with the pods. I'd be fine if they want to do pod system. Here's my take, guys, because I, I – when we talk playoff expansion or realignment or, or, or what have you, I just think it's so funny, you know, when I hear people, these national guys that talk about, this is going to ruin college football. This is – you know, it's going to ruin the regular season. Like, dude, nothing could ruin college football. College football is college football. Like, college football will forever and ever and ever be a beautiful thing. I'm in. Just because you expand the playoff, the playoff's 12 teams, it's 16 teams, however many teams it is. Like, I I, I laugh when people say, well, the regular season is just not going to matter anymore. Like, to who? Who is it not going to matter to? In, 
in what universe? I don't care if both Carolina and Clemson are both, they're both in the playoff. And the game only matters for seeding, right? On what planet does Carolina-Clemson not matter anymore? Like, these rivalry games, Alabama-Tennessee, it ain't got to be the last week of the season. Alabama-Tennessee, LSU-Arkansas, Georgia-Florida, Florida-Tennessee. These teams could go winless, and those games would matter. Carolina and Clemson, we know, guys, both teams could be 0-11. If you win that last game, those games still matter. So you're telling me that if if both teams are in the playoff, that somehow, because there's an expanded playoff, like those games aren't going to matter anymore? I think it's a lazy national take. I think it's a very lazy take. I, I think it's a it's a... College football is a regional game anyways. And and the regional fan bases are what drive the national product to begin with. So I, I'm, I'm not really sitting here pioneering that we should have a 64-team playoff. But, like, I just kind of laugh when people are like, oh, if you go, to, if you go from 4 to 12, it, the, 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 the game is just ruined. College football is ruined. For who? For who? For who? I mean, I, I just I just completely disagree. The regular season's ruined. For who? Like, fan bases are going to care less? That just, to me, like, do, do bragging rights not still exist? Trophy games? Like, it, it still matters, dude. Because right now what you got is teams that are, you lose a game, and if your goal is to get to the playoff or win the national title, you lose one game, you're playing for practically nothing. If, if, if it's championship or bust, you're playing for nothing. So you think it's going to make college football in the regular season worse if you can lose a game and still be in the hunt? Give me a break. That's To me, that's silly. To me, that's silly. I, I just, you know, it, it's just silly to me. It, it's just silly to me. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that there's like one perfect answer, right? I, I'm just, when I hear people say like it'll ruin college football, the regular season's not going to be great anymore. I'm like, College football, man, has stood the test of time against everything. All kinds of changes. You know, people thought when we threw a vertical pass that college football was doomed forever. Like, you know what I'm saying? It will overcome. It will overcome. College football will always be great. College football will always be great. I, I just, because one the, the one constant that will never change is the pageantry, the traditions, the passion from the fan bases. Like, those things will never change. Those things will never go away. It's, it's, it's what college football, it's the advantage they will forever and ever and ever have on the NFL. The NFL will never be able to duplicate that product, ever. Ever. And I see Brendan M. chiming in in the TDC question show. See Philly needs to pipe down with his playoff take. Hey, Brendan, find some joy. <laughs> Again, I, I'm not saying what I'm saying is right. I'm just saying college football is great either way. Like, I just don't like the idea that, oh, the game's ruined now. It's like, nah. I, I'm not even saying that we won't end up with the same two teams. See, that's the funny thing. It's like the more we expand, it almost makes you feel like the BCS kind of got it right. Like, normally the BCS got the top two teams. I mean, sometimes they didn't. But – how often do we finish a season and say, man, that, that number 12 team, that team, 
that team right there, that 12th ranked team, watch out. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I'll tell you though, it's just a shame because you're going to go to a 12 team playoff and you think about if that would have happened, you know, 2010, 2011. I don't know. It just, we had a window. We had a window, man. We had a window. We had a window. 2013, Tennessee kept us out. Tennessee kept us out. So, it's, it's honestly, it's sickening to look back and think back on that. I mean, those, those were great times. Those were great times. But, man, man, when you look back, um, Brendan says, I find my joy in the regular season matchups. Well, Brendan, that's great. That'll never go away. It doesn't matter if the playoffs expanded or not. That's what I'm saying. That's that's literally what I'm saying, Brendan. The joy will always be there in the regular season. In my opinion, in, in like, do you think Carolina Mizzou in the regular season matters more right now because the playoff is at four versus twelve? It doesn't that doesn't affect that game? Like Brian Dean says, seen this dude on YouTube, Carolina Jackpot announced his loyalty to Carolina football until changes are made in the coaching staff. All I can say is don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah, I I, I did see that, Brian. I, <laughs> that was that was funny. That made me laugh. Carolina Jackpot said he's uh he said he no longer has a college football team, I believe is the exact words he said. So, I mean, hey. To uh to each their own, you know. I I you know. Carolina Jackpot makes very entertaining con content. So he said he's seen enough, and, you know, it is what it is. So it's, you know, Carolina football will do, do that to you sometimes, I guess. I don't know. So, anyways, Chuck says Chris has found no joy this week. I, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not going to tweet about it or say anything about the joy. Like, the, I, the joy stuff, I'm, I'm, it's it's funny though, Chuck. Like as much as I I want to like never bring it up again, like it's just I think that find some joy thing is gonna is gonna linger forever. Like that's that's just one of those slogans. That's one of those things that like we'll just we'll never forget. We'll never forget because it's it's actually kind of hilarious. Like it's 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 such a <laughs> breaking down the phrase find some joy. See what I love about pipe down slap dick. It's such a like. It's so funny because it's such a dismissive response. Like that response, if you were to say, Chris, I think, I think uh Braden Davis should be the starting court. Like it just you could say anything. I, I I think this guy should start at left tackle. If I just say pipe down slap dick, that response implies I am not entertaining your foolishness. Like I'm not, not even for one second. And you need a pipe down. And you're a slap dick. So your opinion is stupid, and I'm not entertaining your foolishness. And that might be a little bit harsh. That might be a little bit harsh because I've been a slapdick. I've had to tell myself to pipe down slapdick before. We all at – see, that's what I think people don't realize either, that take it personally. We all at some point wear the, the slapdick badge. You know, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've made myself the slapdick of the weekend before. I have. I've done that, right? I've done that. So we all at some point are a slapdick. It's okay. It just – it happens. It happens. But it is such a funny reply. And find some joy is hilarious, too. Find some joy is hilarious because it is such like a, you know, you're upset. You're, ah. It's like, hey, find some joy. It's, it's literally bless your heart on steroids. Find some joy is bless your heart on steroids. It is the most passive-aggressive, like, go to hell 
if you tell somebody to find some joy, you are just telling them to like, let it go jump off a bridge. Like, I I mean, literally, bro. (laughs) That's just my take. I might be wrong. That's just my take. Like if somebody used find some joy in conversation with me, I'd be like, this person is telling me to, to, to screw off. Like literally. Somebody text in, Chris, I want to get your thoughts on this. I know you heard about the interaction between Beamer and Tanner after the Florida game. Apparently, Tanner told Beamer to fire us after the game. He did not do it. Beamer was nonchalant about it. Also heard if we get blown out these two games, Tanner's going to raise some questions about Beamer. This is just stuff I've heard. Let me know your thoughts on the show. Thanks. Hey, I appreciate the text. We asked J.C. Sherwood about this yesterday. Listen, I, I, I don't know all the details. And like you said, it's just all – it's all speculation. So, I, I, I don't know the details. I, I hate to try to speculate. All I know is this, that, uh, yeah, folks were pissed after we got embarrassed against Florida. I mean, that's understandable. I, I would hope that's the move. I would hope that's the move, right? I mean, we got embarrassed. We got flat out embarrassed. I would hope that's the move. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to try to, to like over speculate on it and, you know, this is exactly what happened, but. Anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in early, by the way, on a on a Friday. Appreciate you all tuning in. Again, guys, we will have towels, koozies on hand, the Beamer Ball stuff. I'll be out there at Fine Bomb today for a little bit. Going to pop in. Um, Going to pop in at Fine Bomb. Popping at Fine Bomb today. Sorry, just checking something out here. Okay. Also, by the way, those tuned in to the podcast version of TDC. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. I and listen, I, I I mean, sometimes I'll tell you this. Sometimes, I mean, the podcast dropped today. I I I haven't dropped the score prediction graphic yet, but I dropped a clip just before we came on. And you know, sometimes I have to stop myself and I'm saying, you know, am I being too, am I already, like, like am I being over the top a little bit? Am I being, and then, and then I'm like, I don't think so. Like, I, I really don't. Like, I look at this Tennessee game, right? And I'm like, am I, I'm like, am I not giving us enough of a chance? Like, 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 is it, you know, things are never as good as they seem. Things are never as bad as they seem. Like, am I, am I being a little bit over dramatic? But I'm like, I'll be honest, guys. Like, after what happened in Gainesville, I, I think – and then you look at Tennessee and what they are, and I'm like, I I think I'm acting pretty rationally. Like, I, I just – I want to feel like – I want to, like, make a clip and be like, you know what, guys? I, I've been a little bit overly doom and gloom this week. I don't think I have. I don't think I have, dude. Like, I'm a Gamecock through and through. I'm not going to denounce my fandom. I'm not going to – like – Listen, I'm going to be rocking my garnet and black, sitting in Willie B in the freezing cold, just taking it all in because it's the final home game of the season, and we spend all summer counting down to kickoff. Like, I'm going to enjoy the final game day. But, like, as far as the game on the field, that 60 minutes, I'm going into it with zero expectations. Like, I, I, I don't think that makes you a bad fan. I don't think that makes you negative. I don't think that makes you doom and gloom. 
again, like I said yesterday, South Carolina fans, we're not just innately doom and gloom. We're not just innately more negative than other fan bases. Gamecock fans are just a product of the results on the field. They're a reflection of what they watch on a weekly basis. That, that's all we are. We're just a reflection of what we see. We're a reflection of the product. So, I, I guys, I, I hope I hope for nothing else other than I look like the slap dick of the weekend because I didn't give us enough of a chance. I hope that happens. I hope that happens. Like, I truly, genuinely hope and pray that happens. I think some people sometimes, they get it twisted because they think that somehow, for some reason, I thrive off of us not winning. It's not that I thrive off of us not winning, but I'm going to make content either way, right? So whether we win or lose, I'm going to be here. You know, there's some podcasts out there that, well, you know, things got kind of dark there for a little bit, so I had to take some time off. But now that they're better, I'm back on my show. Like, no, like we're rocking, bro. Every single day, day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, win or lose, rain or shine. That's what makes TSUS stand out above the rest. We're going to be here no matter what. I'm going to be rocking the Garnet and Black, the Shane Storm. I'm going to be rocking it no matter what. Beamer Bowl, no matter what. I mean, I, I but I think Gamecock fans, again, I, I don't think Gamecock fans, I don't think we're innately negative. I don't think we're overly negative. I, I don't think that, I think South Carolina fans, we are a, a product of what we see on the field. That's it. We're a product of what this program gives us. That, that's exactly what we are. Let's jump to the phone lines. Jackson's Hall of Famer. Hey, Robbie. What's up, man? Well, nothing much, man. I'm, I had I had to get my call in a little earlier than I normally would because my power's out. Your power's out? Yeah, my power's out. It is O-U-T, out. For some reason, Damn. I woke up, and then the, I woke up this morning. Getting ready to watch the Spurs Up show because I remember you saying it was going to start at 10, and I woke up and my power was out. <laughs> but anyway, mm. anywho, great win for the girls last night. And as I was only honestly expecting, because like I said yesterday, that I told you about the Colorado State, they were very good at moving without the ball and they. Proved it last night because they made our defense look like little kids. It was it got it got ugly really quick, and the Colorado State just whooped our tail. Simple, they whooped our tail all up and down the court. The girls took care of business, which shocker that doesn't they won by a humongous margin last night, and. A girl dunked last night. Did you, did you watch the whole girls game last night? Robbie, I got to be honest. I did not watch the entire game, but I did post the clip of Ashlyn Watkins dunking, and I did see that. So, yeah, that was uh, that was cool. <laughs> but and, uh, and 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 as much as I hate to say this, tomorrow's not going to be a lot of fun. We are we're going to get our brains beat in. My stepdad's prediction is 56 to 14. 
56. So I'm 59 to 13, so we're close. <laughs> and 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 I and to your little whole like whenever you're talking about the whole pod thing, because me and my dad were talking about it last night, right? What the SEC's thinking about doing? I would be okay if they got rid of the divisions. I don't think I would like the pod thing too much because if you got rid of the divisions, right? Automatically, it would if 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 you got rid of the divisions, it would straight up basically be the two best teams in the conference playing each other. Rather, either way. But I don't think I would like the pod situation too much. Because there are some conferences out there that don't even, they don't even have divisions anymore. I can't remember which ones decided to get rid of the divisions, but there are conferences out there that have done that. Do I wish they didn't do it? Yeah, but at the end of the day, you got to do something. But uh, I will be, I'll, like I said, I'll be watching the, uh, like I said the other day, I'll be watching the uh, game Saturday night after we do our Thanksgiving stuff t- tomorrow. And I'll probably be watching, well, I know I'll be watching probably some of the you know, Clemson-Miami game. That game's at 3.30. I'm glad it's not at like 6 or 7 because that's what time we play, so. I'll be pulling for Miami, of course, and be pulling for the Gamecocks, no matter what happens. Same here, Robbie. And I'll, I'll be I'll be sitting in the stadium, freezing my tail off. So, I well, well, try and stay warm, okay? Try and stay warm. Okay, take a take a take a jacket, like I said last year. When it's cold, wear a jacket. <laughs> I got you. I'll be rocking a jacket, Robbie. Thank you for the advice. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and um, at the end of the day, right? Yes, the odds of Satterfield being fired are very high, right? Or being let go, not fired. I wouldn't say like fired. I'm, well, fired. Well, yeah, he's gonna be fired. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. yeah. I think Beamer is going to do whatever he needs to do in order to keep his job. Because I assure you, he does not want to be on the hot seat. He wants to be here, in my opinion, in the long term. So he he will he will fire Satterfield or anybody for that matter if he has to. And I I believe that. What do you think? I mean, I I think that Shane Beamer will make the changes. Yes, I, I would again. I, I would expect multiple coaching changes after the season. Not just sad. I think there will be multiple guys on the staff replaced. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, like Hardesty might be fired. Yeah, I, I think I think Sat's gone. Greg Atkins is gone. Montario Hardesty is gone. Jimmy Lindsey, D line coach, yeah. is gone. 
And yeah. I, I think that probably will be it. But I mean, this is never, what I would tell the know. coaches, right? Especially the ones that are on the hot seat. I thought, look, I gave you an opportunity and you went to bed. You quite, you quite simply wet the bed. I gave you an opportunity and you screwed up. And this is what happens whenever you screw up. Mm-hmm. If you screw up bad enough, guess what? You're going to get fired. Same with any other job. If you screw up bad enough, guess what? Your ass will be canned. That's just the way the world works. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think I think Coach Beamer will make the necessary changes. I do. I, th- I think he will. I don't know if Robbie Davis just lost power or what just happened, but uh, Robbie Davis just, just dipped out on us. <laughs> Either that or Robbie Davis just hung up on me. I, I, I don't know. Call dropped or side. I don't know what just happened. I don't know what just ho- – hopefully Robbie Davis is all right. There he is. He, he must have. You okay, Robbie? Yeah, I, I, uh, my dad was calling, and I accidentally hung up on you by accident. I, gotcha. I was, I'll call him back. Gotcha. But anywho, what was I saying? <laughs> I, I, I said that I think that. Beamer <laughs> will make the necessary changes. I think he'll make yeah, the necessary yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he will, he will make the necessary changes. Do I wish it was un- we we didn't have to do this whole coach for one, have a have an assistant coach for one or two years and then kick him to the curb like a bag of garbage? Yeah, I wish we didn't have to do that. But it's kind of like it's kind of like wildlife, right? You either adjust and adapt, or they either adjust and they adapt or they die, right? Animals have to adjust and adapt or they die. It's the same way in coaching. So I feel like Satterfield is so set in his – I feel like Satterfield, as an offensive coordinator, is so set in his ways that he's not willing to adapt. And his coaching career is going to put because of it. I mean, I have no, I, and I have no ill will towards Satterfield. I'm willing to bet he's a great dude, but as an OC, he crapped the bed. It's that simple. Indy, what was your prediction again, Robbie, for tomorrow? Uh, forty-eight to twenty-one. About to say a, a lot, a lot to a little. I mean, whatever, a lot to a little. Name your score, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tennessee will have a crap ton. We will have next to nothing. The way our offense has been playing, though, 21 would be actually a pretty good day. That's, so. that's, being, that's being very gracious. Yeah. That's being very gracious. How, how about uh, you got anything for basketball tonight? We got Carolina Davidson at 730. Gamecocks are a one-and-a-half point favorite. I, I, think, I think we'll bounce back. I think we'll bounce back. I mean, like I said, one thing that I noticed with, with Lamont Paris that's different between the teams that we have, this team with Lamont Paris and Frank Martin, 
is they're playing more free, right? With Frank Martin, you so much as sneeze to screw up a play, he'll fool you. And if you want your, if you want just sports players in general to get better, they got to learn in the fire, so to speak. You're not going to get better. I mean, you'll still get better in practice, but you'll get even better whenever there's a game, whenever you're in a game situation, like in, in a game, right? And I think I think Lamont Pierce will have these boys dunking back tonight. I'd say 75-71 Carolina. I think we'll bounce back. Love that. Love that, Robbie. Hey, tomorrow night will be a lot of fun. Hopefully, uh, your power comes back on soon. Yeah, it ain't back on yet, but I, I got it where, like, if, if the power does cut back on, my my uh, living room light will cut on, so I don't know when it comes back on. So so do you have that heat or no? Do, do you have no. heat or no? No, the power is out. Yeah. So the heat will so not it's, cut on. So it's freezing in there. Oh yeah, it's so, cold. It's cold. It, it's it is very cold in here. So you should be the but one I'm wearing a jacket. You you should be the one wearing a jacket. <laughs> Telling me to wear a jacket. You should be the one wearing a jacket. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll probably I'm gonna probably be wearing a jacket later on here in about an hour or so because I'm gonna probably go walking later on when the, the show goes off. Get but, your uh, steps anywho, in. Get your steps. Yeah. Oh yeah, get my ten thousand steps in, baby. Yes, Get my 10,000 steps in. I try to hit either 10,000, a little over 10,000, or about 12,000. Love that. So, but anywho, you have a safe, you have a safe trip to go uh, to to your family, and uh, again, happy Thanksgiving to to y'all and and to everyone in the live chat. Happy Thanksgiving to y'all. Uh, safe travels to anybody that's traveling, uh, and uh, you have a great weekend. Go Cox and go Miami. Well said, Robbie. I appreciate you, my guy. Yep. Yep. Have a good one, man. Yep, you too. Always a pleasure. Robbie Davis, what a legend. Guys, we're going to jump into a quick break. On the other side, though, I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377 here on this Friday. TGIF, we are in hour number two. Uh, Again, guys, thank you all for being flexible. Obviously, an earlier version of TDC. We are getting down to Columbia early today. Going to go out to Paul Feinbaum. Um hang out out there yeah hunter yep wanted to go ahead and knock out tdc today so we can get down to cola got some things to take care of got to pick up some towels got to see a man about the dog you know the drill let's jump to the phone lines here luke rj what's up man how are you i'm good man hey so uh yeah breaking news beamer does want to keep his job and he will do <laughs> everything he can to uh, to make sure that happens you you would certainly think so and if not then we probably have the wrong guy in, in that in that position so <laughs> hey that's gonna be interesting to see when and what he does you know 
side note, you know, for real, like, because anytime there's any kind of changes, you know, it's uh, it's very interesting to mm-hmm. see the timeline on that and how fast that happens and all that. Because people are going to be on edge. They're going to be like, you know, waiting to see, you know, when the news is going to drop, you know. I, I mean, the, the second the clock hits zero in Memorial Stadium next weekend, the, the count is on. Like, the, the, the clock is ticking, right? I mean, people are going to want that news, yeah. like, immediately. So, and I thought J.C. Sherbert, I thought it was very interesting, his comments, you know, yesterday, talking about that if, if it goes into the week after Clemson, win or lose, then I think you have to start questioning Beamer. And it's like, damn. So, yeah, I, I, I because that, and I, and I do get what he's saying though, because at that point it'll just be so egregious, right? Like it's, it's, it's no secret, like what has to happen, you know, it has to happen. So, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see, but I, I do expect multiple changes. I mean, Beamer's a smart guy, you know, he's not, he, he's very self-aware, um, you know, so I, I would expect probably the Sunday after Clemson, I would expect multiple changes to come down, at least one. And we know the big one that I'm talking about. So, Yeah. Um, it was interesting what JC was saying, because he, he was thinking like after the Florida game, the, the, the third game into the season, let go of the Georgia OT. game. Georgia game. Yeah. Yeah. After oh, the- man, I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean. I mean, here's I mean, – J.C. wasn't – I mean, J.C. was not a sat guy after last year, right? And a lot of people weren't. But, like, J.C. wasn't a sat guy after last year. So, it was like at the first signs of this is the same thing as last year, I think J.C. and many others were going to be ready to move on off of Satterfield. And so, I mean, you know, I, I'll say this, though, to his point. Like, you know, when you when you look at the games, how many times South Carolina's finished with, like, less than 240 total yards – how many times they, you know, he made that point yesterday about whatever it was, competitive minutes or competitive football. How many times South Carolina has practically been shut out? I mean, I would have had no issue with them moving on from Sat after the Georgia game. I mean, I feel like you were the same way, if I remember correctly. I feel like you, yeah. were, you were off of Sat after Georgia State, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. After the first game, I was like, this is going to be the same story. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking bowl game offense, and then bam, it's like Georgia. We struggled on offense versus Georgia State, so it was it straight out the gate. It didn't look good, and <laughs> and we got that. And you know that the same thing as last year. Yeah, that that that's what's so unfortunate, Luke RJ, is that this season's been ugly from the jump. I mean, it really has. Like, if if we're really honest with ourselves, this is not a doom and gloom perspective. This is just a real perspective on this season. And I'm extremely grateful that we are six and four, that we're going bowling. But if you look at this season, I mean, it's been ugly from the jump. Georgia State, I mean, that's why I left that game so disgruntled. You know, people thought I was just being, you know, why are you so upset? We won by three touchdowns. But it was like, it was the way that it happened. And then, yeah, Arkansas, you threw it around a little bit, but you were down 21 to three at that game. Then you just get absolutely embarrassed, blasted on your home field by Georgia. Charlotte, bro, you're down in the second quarter. Or what was it? You were down at halftime, maybe. Or or it was like you were up by like one at halftime or whatever. It was an ugly, 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 ugly first half. And then you pulled away in the second half. And then SC State's SC State, who gives a damn. 
I mean, Kentucky, yes, you win, great win, but it's 7-7 seven to seven at halftime. I mean, you have to grind out a win against a Kentucky team that don't even have their quarterback. And then Texas A&M, definitely mm-hmm. most fun game of the year, but the offense was still anemic. Special teams won you the ball game. And look at Texas A&M now. They're abysmal. Then you lose to Mizzou. Egg. Horrific. Then you, then you beat Vandy while giving up over 220 yards and 454 yards on defense. And Vandy is... You know, most would argue they're at the bottom of the SEC, right? There's no secret there. And then Florida happens. Like, the entire season has just been one big frustration. It has. It really has. Not a whole lot of joy in that. It's been ugly. It's been ugly from the jump. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I mean. So why would you expect any different the last two weeks? I mean, it's going to be more the same. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even uh, – it's so frustrating because you, you think that, like, you know, they're going to do something different when it's clear from the way he answers questions that, you know, it's just they're not they're, they're not going to, you know, do a whole lot different. They're, they're just wanting to to run the plays and execute better with, what, with what's called. And, you know, I think, I think the, the, the reason they struggle so much is uh, – you know, by this point, the defenses can see what they're trying to do, and they can anticipate. They can anticipate what what they're going to do before it even happens. So, you know, if you if you know what what kind of play is going to be called on on defense, well, you can pin your ears back and just and just you know have a have a leg up before the play even starts. And I think that may be what's happening right now. But uh, you know, it's gonna be—it's really gonna be interesting to see how Beamer handles these decisions. Though, mm-hmm. like, does he have a plan? Is he gonna wait too long? Are we gonna have to scramble for somebody? Does he have somebody in place? Uh, you know, just these decisions that he makes are really gonna—and when he does it—is gonna—is gonna, you know, be a good, um, um, you know, just representation of 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 Beamer, you know if he makes the right decisions but i had a uh i had a, a funny story about being in williams Park stadium mm-hmm. uh one time but i did i did want to i'll save that i want to ask you first about what's your opinion on satterfield saying just things like he disconnects from the world or he can hide in the bunker or hide in the building or, you know, whatever, and just ignore all the outside noise about what the fans are saying or what anybody else is saying. And then, you know, is that, is that, uh, is that the recipe for like a good coach? I know you can't, I know you can block out the negative noise, um, but what's your opinion on coaches either, you know, listening to what people have to say and then blocking out the noise and, and, and what do you think? How should a how could a coach handle handle that situation? What what's successful? What does that look like in your opinion? Yeah, so I I don't know if this will be a hot take or not, but I actually I think it's very smart to do what Marcus Satterfield is saying and, and truly, I mean, if it like let me let, let's let's pretend in a, in, a, in an alternate universe, I am an offensive coordinator. Or, or I'm a coach, right? 
Like, I, I respect the fact that Beamer wants to be so involved on social media, and I think it's really important, but I would not be on social media. I would either not have social media, literally not have it at all off the grid, or I would have it and I would, uh, like, I would hire someone to manage my social media for me. I would not be on it. I would not be on it. If I was a player, if I was a college player, maybe this is easier said than done, but if I was a college player, I don't know that I just wouldn't have it at all. But when the season started, I would delete my Twitter, like my app, the app. I wouldn't delete my account, but I would delete all my social media apps. I would not be on social media for the entire season. If I was a coach, I'd do the same thing. Like, they hear it without being on social media. Like, they hear it. You can't avoid it, right? Like, it's, it's you're getting asked these certain questions for a reason. I mean, God, they hear the boo birds, right? Like, there have been boos at Willie B. There will probably be boos tomorrow night. You know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm not advocating people booing. I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to be booing myself. People are going to be voicing their frustration. But, like, you hear it. Like, they're, they're to a degree you can't help but you know they've got family members and friends and people texting them and all that like i'm they're human beings they're going to have those combos but i actually respect what he's saying in regards to they should block out the outside noise like because the last thing that i want spencer rattler for example doing is dropping back in the pocket and hesitating to pull the trigger because he's like oh man if i throw a pick they're going to talk bad about me on twitter oh they're gonna they're gonna comment on my instagram if i throw an interception like, I talked to Perry Orth about this. Yeah. And that's that was the advice he would have, you know, he, when I talked to him at that point, we're going in the season with Luke Doty as the starting quarterback. But I know that's the advice that Perry would give to any quarterback is like delete social media, get off of it, get off of it, truly. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I have no, I have no problem with that mentality, with that mindset. Um, because he, here's the, here's the reality. I, I don't, I don't really care what coaches say in their pressers. I, I don't, man. Like, the only reason the pressers are notable is because of how bad we're doing on the field. I, that's the only reason. If we were doing well, like, I don't really care what Marcus Satterfield has to say in a press conference because it's all coach speak BS anyways. You know? That's why, like, you know, I, I'm not going to say which specific player. I've talked about it before. But, like, that's why, like, I wouldn't pay some hefty amount to get a, a current player on the podcast or even a current coach. What are they going to say to me? Like, outside of the coach speak, well, we're going yeah. to attack it one game at a time, and we're just going to do our very best. Like, bro, I, I mean, so I think that's actually a good mentality. I understand what you're saying, though, Luke, because on that same note, and I talked about this yesterday, I think, these press conferences, they are the channel. Press conferences – I mean, especially for, for, for Satterfield and White and the, the coordinators, <clears throat> they have one opportunity a week to speak to the media. Beamer's got his Tuesday presser. He's got his Thursday call-in show. He's got his Sunday teleconference. These serve as channels for these coaches to speak yeah. to the fan base. And so they can be used yeah. to your advantage or your disadvantage. But I guess my point's been all season, too, that, like, with how bad the offense is doing, like, bro, what – what could Satterfield say that would make you feel any better? Like, truly, what could he say? Is, is, is there something he could come out and say that you would go, you know what, I like the guy more now. I, I actually, 
am, am leaning more towards his favorite. There's nothing these guys can say. If they're not producing on the field, like there's nothing Beamer could say. You know what I mean? So like we're searching for answers to unsolvable problems unless the production is fixed. You know what I mean? It's 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 like your it's like your girl or your you know your girlfriend or your boyfriend cheated on you. There's nothing they can oh, say God. that's going to make it any better. All you can do is kind of try to look past it or get over it or what. But there's nothing you can do. There, there's nothing they can say. You know. So okay. I, I don't know. I, I I get what you're saying. How, how you? Because I know for you that's a bit of a negative. Like they're not speaking to the fan base the proper way. But I actually do think what Sat's saying is I, I'd do the same thing. I'd block out all the noise because if you start paying attention to too many people, you start listening to too much. Like it's not a. I'll put it this way. I don't want Marcus Satterfield scrolling Twitter in the in his free time. I want him working on the game plan. I want him trying to become a better yeah. OC. I want him trying to solve the problems we have. I don't want him going to Twitter to try to figure it out. That's not productive for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let the fans well, let the fans live on Twitter. Let and that so that's that kind of comes back to the whole like some of the comments to the fan base. If you like, let fans be fans. You worry about yeah. coaching. You worry about playing. You worry about winning. Let fans be fans on Twitter. They're gonna be fans. You know, don't don't worry about that. Yeah. yeah. The narrative that you want that the 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 mood of the fan base. If you want to improve it, go win games. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go win. Again, Gamecock Nation is just a direct reflection of the product on the field. That's it. They're not any more negative. They're not any more negative or any more disgruntled or any more gloom than any other group of people. Yeah. They're just a reflection of what they well, see on the field. Chris, I, so. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, especially the players. Like, you know, what what good is uh, – I, I, Dude, I'm telling you, of, I, uh, I don't know why any player is on social media during the season. I, I, I genuinely don't. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't know. It it's hard to it's hard to disconnect from uh, social media for for a lot of people because it's like you know it's so. But anyways, yeah, I mean, I think there's a I think there's a, there's got to be a balance in these press conferences, man. I think you know you're right. It's it's when they can address the concerns of the football team, and I think you know if you're if you're the coach or whatever, you have. I think you use those those times that you're in a in a press conference to to you know make people feel better or tell them what you uh, they want to hear to make them feel like so they're not just like okay well you know nothing's going to change uh, you know and then the, everybody just loses their minds well you know I'm not saying. I'm not saying that they have to, you know, lie and then don't do it. That would be probably even worse. But I think if you have a pulse of your fan base, you can you can use that to your advantage, really. Well, you know, I mean, I know I know couch coaches and and everybody has an opinion about what needs to be done, but some information out there can be useful to help you to help you coach in a game and, and people can make very valid points that could help you help you coach. But there's a balance there. You can't be listening to everybody that says everything about what what to do. You know. Um that's my opinion. That's my that's my take on it. I think 
you know, Saban is is one of those one of those guys. I'm sure he he talks to the boosters and you know their football people and. You know, I'm not saying he he takes everything from you know his boosters and then and then you know he know what to, he didn't have his own opinions about what to do, but there's a balance in, in my opinion. I think the the yeah. great ones the great ones can can uh, know know how to know how to balance that. Well, he, I mean, I feel like when yeah. Saban talks, he's speaking to the fan base and trying to make people not freak out when they lose just one game. Yeah, I mean, to your point, like it's, an, it's an opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's an opportunity to speak to the fan base, for sure. It's, it's an opportunity. So, you know, I said it yesterday, man, and it's probably not something that I, I don't know if Gamecock Nation really wants to talk about it. But like I said, I just – I am intrigued to see how Beamer's relationship with the media, how it evolves and how he handles post-game pressers and how he handles Tuesday pressers and how all that evolves. Again, I, I just – I think that's one of those things, Luke, RJ, that it's it's – you know, you, you nitpick and pick everything apart when you're not winning. This wouldn't even be a topic of conversation if we were eight and two right now. We, we would not even be talking about it. I, I genuinely don't think so. It's just when you're not winning, you just pick everything apart. You know what I mean? So if he wins, I, he could be the worst in the country at press conferences. But if they're winning every game, I mean, listen, Davo Sweeney is a clown. He's a clown, but they win. Yeah. They win. Who cares? Well, he, they win. Yeah, but let me let me make a comment though. Like if we're if if we're winning and it's just every time there's a press conference, who who's gonna want to tune in to see what what the what the coach has to say if it's all just BS and they're not they're not really gonna say anything about the game or football talk or anything like that. What's the point of even listening to them when they come on those press conferences, even when they're winning? Yeah, people aren't gonna be criticizing them or 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 picking it apart, but like it's like. You know what's the point of even listening to to you speak of, to the fan base if you're not gonna you know give us anything like that that is encouraging other than you know like just we won the game like but you know so let's let's get past that I I wanna I wanna sh- share that mm-hmm. story that I thought this, yeah. dude, this is hilarious mm-hmm. okay so I was in the stadium I don't remember when it was uh but you know it was a crucial part. This is in williams Bryce Stadium. And the head referee comes on the intercom mm-hmm. and says, everyone, please stop whistling. There was a, you know, a whistle, and we everyone just please stop, uh, you know, whistling. So for the next 10 minutes, everyone in the whole stadium is just whistling for like 10 minutes. And can you imagine, like, 85,000 people, just all whistling after the referee says that. So when Beamer, everybody's mocking him now. But uh, I thought that was hilarious when I was when I experienced that. Everybody just whistling after the referee said that. Um, but it was it was pretty it was pretty crazy, you know. Uh, eighty eighty thousand people whistling at the same time during a crucial part in the football game. Huh. So. Yeah, I don't know. If you, I don't know if you could find a clip or. Yeah, I don't, I, about I'll have to. Or. I'll have to try to find that. I I, I don't recall that, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, you know, hope hopefully uh hopefully uh I see you on TV uh with the Beamer Raw towels or <laughs> at SEC Nation Fine Bomb. Like I think yeah. you can. I think you can get some airtime for real. 
yeah, we'll see. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I'm excited to just hang out with Gamecocks. And yeah, I mean, I, I went out there last year and I was in the background. So I, I don't think, you know, I don't think it'll be like crowded today. So I shouldn't have any problem. Yeah. Y'all just, y'all just look for me out there. <laughs> I, I will tweet. I will tweet and be posting when I am out and about. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Hey, out there. Yeah. Last, last, last thing I, I, uh, I thought about this when you were, when we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, JC saying after the Georgia game, I really like what Savell said too is like you don't even have to like make make anything public about your firing Marcus Satterfield. You could literally just uh you know make some adjustments behind closed doors and just see some kind of difference. It doesn't even mean you have to come out and say, well Satterfield's fired. Mm-hmm. But the the point of all of it is something needed to be different. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. that's all I got, Chris. Uh yeah it's uh, I mean, I'll still be watching uh, tomorrow, and uh, you know, maybe we see some Dag Joyner, baby. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. Whatever maybe it takes. a senior night, his last one at Willie B. So, yeah, it could could uh, could be interesting. So, indeed. All right, Chris, you're the man, Luke RJ. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much for the call. Great stuff from Luke RJ. Guys, we're going to jump into a quick break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you more your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. We're going to get Jake Crane on the show soon. I would say probably next 10 minutes or so uh he might actually call in now i don't know let's see yeah i think he might actually call in now oh looked like he was just calling in is jake gonna try to call back in Yep, there he is. Jake Crane of Crane and Company joins us every Friday. Jake, what's going on, man? Hey, first thing, I appreciate you being flexible with your time, my friend. How are you? Oh, well, when it comes to flexibility, man, I'm basically a contortionist. Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing great, man. Uh, another big weekend, USC and UCLA. That Ole Miss-Arkansas game, man, it yeah. just smells funny a little bit. It does. It does. We, we got some good ones. I know some people label this as, quote-unquote, cupcake Saturday, but there are some good games on the SEC slate this weekend. I, I was going to say this, too, by the way, Jake. I feel like you were the master of one-liners, and uh, I was going through some of you guys, some of you, uh, some of your shows and, and uh, videos, if you will, and, and one that I heard that stood out was you talking about why you think Hugh Freeze should be the man for Auburn. And I, I, I'm, I think this is what you said. You said that, yeah, Hugh Freeze has baggage, but so do airports. So I, I thought that was yeah. that. I love that. <laughs> funny is my favorite one is that Henry Hooker is the most dangerous hooker since Eileen Warnos. That was that's probably my favorite one. <sighs> love that. Um, you know, my my thing is it, it's funny to me because uh, people are like, oh, Hugh Freeze has baggage. Hugh Freeze has baggage. But yeah, bring on Lane Kiffin. That's totally fine. I know it's different what Hugh and Lane did, but there's a reason they called him Joey Freshwater. I, I just right. find that unbelievably hypocritical. Right. For sure. No, well, I, I, just so you know, your, your, your one-liners and puns are appreciated with me and the, our audience as well. 
Uh, yeah. Jake, I, well, I'm trying to yeah. get on his line as it anyway. That's, that's, <laughs> let's be honest here. You're well on your way, my guy. Um, so not a whole lot to talk about from the game last weekend, right, Jake? I mean, you, you texted me during the game, and, you know, you simply just said, y'all, y'all didn't get off the bus. I mean, you know, I, I, I felt confident in Florida all week. I think most probably yeah. did. Um, but, man, I mean, the way that it happened, it's one thing to lose. It's another to just get thoroughly embarrassed. How surprised were you? I mean, I don't think Florida running the ball was all that surprising. I mean, 374 yards, that was more than I expected. But South Carolina not even being able to move the football against the 13th-ranked defense in the conference? I mean, we're talking about a defense that South Florida went up and down the field on. How surprising was yeah. the just the nature of that game, the way it went? How surprising was that to you? Well, you know, knowing the way that, that Coach Beamer, you know, operates and, and how, how, how genuine and truthful he is to the players, I, I don't think it was a lack of, of overlooking somebody. I mean, obviously, there's no way in hell you can overlook Florida, regardless if they're good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, it's Florida. It's obviously a big matchup in the East. <laughs> you know, the East slowly fading away like the West is. Thank goodness, finally, we're moving past that. But I was just shocked because it, it looked to me like South Carolina rolled up in that game and looked disinterested. That that's what what shocked me, and, and not that everybody wasn't playing hard. And, and I'm not questioning effort. What I'm questioning is is attention to detail. I mean, South Carolina was doing things uh, not only from a penalty standpoint, but from from gap gap alignment, uh, being in your gap, uh, understanding what you're seeing. It, it looked to me like they were just guessing the whole game, and and I know they prepared. But when you have a roster, and this is what I talked about before the season, when, when I made the prediction I did, I think you're going to see South Carolina go up and down, so playing good and playing bad, playing good and playing bad. But it, I think they're going to be disciplined. South Carolina, from an eye discipline standpoint, from a knowing what you're looking at, from being able to adjust, it just looks like they had no answers. Uh, and when you have a roster that's not super talented or super deep, and you're not playing sound football and, and you're not being overly disciplined and overly communicating and doing the little things, what happens against Florida happened. It, it, was, it surprised me the way it happened. If you'd have told me that, look, Florida racked up 374 yards because Anthony Richardson ran for 200 yards, broke four tackles and ran for 70 yards twice and you know threw a, threw a couple bombs that were caught, I can understand that. But it's the way it happened. It wasn't like Florida was doing anything that they haven't done. I mean, the game plan was very similar to the way they've attacked everybody. It just looked like South Carolina uh, was playing undisciplined and disinterested. And that's what shocked me because, again, it's like I came in here a couple weeks ago and said, Beamer ball to me isn't special teams with Shane Beamer. Uh, with Frank Beamer was Beamer ball to me is beating you with my whole team, uh, using all three phases, playing complementary football to beat you and not having just to rely on one phase and using a team approach. That was exactly the opposite of what we saw uh, last Saturday. Now, Jake, I want to switch gears a little bit because, you know, all of Gamecock Nation, I think everybody that watches South Carolina football is, is, is in agreement that a change needs to happen at offensive coordinator. And for a lot of this fan base, the change cannot happen quickly enough. I, I just, again, you, you've been on a coaching staff, right? So you know what the coaches are going through and you know what Coach Beamer is going through to, uh, to a great extent. Uh, just talk to us about, why would a coach not make a move on, let's say, his offensive coordinator midseason? A lot of a lot of fans just can't understand, you know, why didn't you make this move after the Mizzou game? Why didn't you make this move after Georgia earlier in the year? 
Can, can you give people some insight of why maybe it's not just quite that simple? Because it hasn't been all bad. If it's if it's all bad or mostly bad, and you're you're playing like you did against Florida offensively every game, then you have to make a move. But it's been up and down, right? There's been some weekends where the offense looked good and the defense looked bad, and the defense looked good and the offense looked bad. Then there's been some weekends where all three phases were playing complementary football. So uh, I think if it was all bad, the move would already be made. But the way this works, and everybody knows this, is that when there's pressure on the head coach when it's going down kind of like it's going down this year, uh, that you start with the coordinators. That's how it works. The thing about head coaches is they typically say you get three and a half to four coordinator firing, not somebody moving on to be a head coach, because typically if that happens, something good happens. Right. Somebody wanted right. him because you were performing well. I think it's just been so up and down that it hasn't been linear bad or linear good, but I would not be shocked if you saw a change made uh, after the end of the season with, with Coach Satterfield. But, again, I'll say it again. Everybody talks about Marcus Satterfield because, again, offense is something that's, that's in a lot more people's minds than, than defense because, you know, defense is reactionary. You're reacting to the play call. On offense, you're making the play call. It's just kind of the human condition. But the defense hadn't exactly been setting the world on fire either. You know, you, you've, you've had games where you have gotten gassed because of fundamental things. So uh, I think that's kind of the reason, but I, I would I would not be surprised, especially, look, I mean, you got to play Tennessee and then Clemson. It's looking like six and six, which isn't far off from five and seven. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to come on here and, and crowd around, but everybody that was screaming eight and four, and I don't know what I'm talking about, you know, to quote Major Payne, who's the dummy now? <laughs> oh, you – Jake, I, you know, I know you say that, but I, I do think you're going to be parading around just for a little bit. And you know what? I won't even blame you because you did catch a lot of heat after South Carolina started 5-2. and two. You really did. And uh, like you said, you're, you're not going to be well, – For 17 points in like the first 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, right like on. Think about that. I mean, it's been – but, you know, again, there's no such thing as an ugly win yeah. or a pretty loss. Mm -hmm. And there's an old saying – when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. But the yeah. funny part about South Carolina is they're kind of like the guy from Split. Like one minute, they're like a 30-year-old British woman. The next minute, they're like a 24-year-old American man. And then the next minute, they're like a nine-year-old. So it's, just, it's hard to get a grasp on who South Carolina is mm. because I do think Shane's gotten a lot out of them, but they have underperformed a couple times. But again, the personnel is the personnel. And Spencer Rattler isn't who people thought he was. Yeah. I'll continue to say it. And anybody who thought he was going to go from Oklahoma with all – they had more weapons than Ukraine at Oklahoma and come to, come to South Carolina, who, while I love Marshawn Lloyd and Jaheim Bell are really nice, outside of that, man, there's not a whole lot of guys that are going to be playing in the league. No, listen, you make a great point on – and I'll ask you that. Let's move to Spencer Rattler because our good friend Connor O'Gara of uh, Saturday Down South he actually wrote an article this morning talking about which quarterbacks he projects to come back to go to the draft. He's actually got Spencer Rattler making the jump, and he thinks it'll be one of those things where <laughs> Shane Beamer will move on from Marcus Satterfield and effectively to almost be a mutual parting of ways. But what what do you expect from Rattler? I mean, do you think – because I'm sure he's a guy that well, – Combine, but, like, it's hard to believe that he would – jump after the season which he could very realistically finish with more interceptions than touchdowns yeah the only way he's getting drafted is if there's world war three i mean let's let's be realistic <laughs> i mean look 
you know, uh, like Spencer Rattler, he's got a good arm, all right? But but a lot of guys, Joe Milton has a good arm. I mean, Justin Verlander has a good arm. Like, it just, you, you have to have more than that. And Spencer Rattler still stares at the rush. He still has trouble getting through progressions and putting the ball in harm's way, especially when he's outside the pocket. He's not a big guy. He's not a great runner. His attribute is he is a pretty much a pro-style passer, and he's thrown more important completions to the defense than the offense this year. That's a very good point. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, Jay. Let, let's talk Tennessee, and I will say this. Obviously, I know – I mean, how could you not be high on the volunteers, what they've done this season? I think one of my new goals, by the way, for my show is I know the Monday after – I think it was when Tennessee beat Bama, you were rocking the Tennessee jersey. My goal is that at some point South Carolina will be number one or close to number one or they'll beat Georgia or they'll beat some big team, and you're rocking a Beamer ball shirt, hoodie, what have you on your show on that Monday. Oh, look, I'll, that... you know me, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll rock it. I'll rock it. I'll... <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. So that makes sense then. That makes sense. Um, when you look at the volunteers, though, I mean, again, there's a lot to like. Um, how impressed have you been? Because, you know, I, I picked Tennessee to go 9-3 and three in the preseason. I thought they'd be a really good football team, and I know many Gamecock me fans too. hated yeah. to hear it, but – um, and I was tempted to pick 10 and two. I really was, but I was like, ah, you know, I, I don't know that Tennessee's ready to make quite that big of a jump. Defense still have some issues, but I mean, man, they've shattered all preseason expectations, realistically fighting for the playoff. I think if they win their last two games and in big fashion, which is very likely with South Carolina and Vanderbilt, you know, Jake, I think they should be in. I mean, I guess it'll depend on what some teams ahead of them do, but I think Tennessee should be in the playoff. I mean, how, how impressed have you been with what Josh Heifel and company have done this season in Knoxville? Oh, I mean, it's it's been unbelievably impressive. I, I think you see what happens when you have a great fit and kind of everything comes together. Plus, you know, that NCAA cloud got lifted before the season as well. That takes a lot of doom and gloom and, and pressure off a program. You can just go out there and play. I think Tennessee is one of the top four teams in the country, but, but they've got to hope some things happen in front of them, in my opinion. I'm looking at the ACC right now, and I don't see how Tennessee would get in if TCU goes undefeated and then Clemson only has one loss and wins the ACC championship. Uh, and while I think Tennessee, like I said, is the top four team in the country, it just kind of is how it is, and that's why the 12-team uh, the playoff is going to be so interesting. But, you know, when I look at what they do offensively, you know, I think people are under kind of the, the common misconception that Tennessee is a, a spread it around, uh, you know, throw it all over the place type of offense. They're a physical downhill running offense. That's what they are. They just go faster than everybody, and everybody equates tempo with passing for some reason. I, I don't get it. It's like even if Navy went really fast, they, people would still think, oh, what tempo? They must be throwing it around. That's not how it works. Tennessee has built this team off of physicality with the ability to catch you in base, know what you're in, and have a couple of adjustments off that. And I think Josh has done a really good job of adding wrinkles uh, to the playbook as he goes through. They do a really good job self-scouting, and they have really good personnel, man. I mean, you know, what Jalen Hyatt's done is, has been incredible. I said today on the show, outside of Blake Corum, he's really the, the one of the biggest threats non-quarterback-wise to win the Heisman, in my opinion. Not that he's going to win it, but he's putting up absolutely goofy numbers right now. I think you look at Brew McCoy, a young guy that's big, uh, Cedric Tillman, Keaton really came on. They stay with some good backs, and I think the offensive line's overperformed as well. The defense has held up their end of the bargain uh, on that side as much as they need to. So, look, Tennessee's a dangerous team. It's not a good matchup for South Carolina, uh, even though it is at home, I believe, correct? Yes, yes. The game is at Willie B. tomorrow. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll be heading down to I Columbia. Don't see, yep. 
Yeah, I don't see – if you can't stop Florida, and I don't like using the transit of property, and Florida and Tennessee do it a little bit differently, but Tennessee, Tennessee has shown you that they are an offensive juggernaut. I just don't see how South Carolina is going to score enough points, even if they play well on offense, to be able to win this game. Let me pose this question to you, Jake, because, you know, Shane Beamer and Josh Heupel were hired, you know, about a month apart from each other. And, you know, you, you, can, you can tell me whether this is off-base or not, but most people assumed or thought at least that South Carolina and Tennessee were on pretty equal footing as programs when those two teams took over. Mm-hmm. What has gone so differently in Knoxville in just under two years than in Columbia? Or were those, two, or were those two programs not on equal footing, like people assume? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we say equal footing. I mean, obviously nobody's exactly equal, but I think right. they're very comparable. I think both coaches started with an etch-a-sketch and, and were able to build it the way they wanted to. I think it's a couple things. Tennessee hitting the portal at quarterback and South Carolina didn't. Uh, Tennessee does have better personnel, I think. I mean, they went and got Brew McCoy from USC. Uh, I just think they've done a better job evaluating. And now the way the transfer portal has kind of transformed college football, you know, you can go from, from broke to a Bentley real quick. And uh, it, when I look at what Josh has done, I mean, look, Hendon Hooker's made one of the biggest jumps uh, quarterback-wise that, that I've seen in a while. You know, K.J. Jefferson made a really big jump last year, I thought. Uh, people will say Bo Nix made a jump at, at Oregon, but, you know, when you play in the Pac-12 and you have an offense that isn't made and didn't, you didn't make out of a pop-up book, it's amazing what can happen. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think they've just evaluated better in the portal and they've hit on more guys than South Carolina has. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, this comes down to players. It, it's it's a player's game while coaches watch. That's what it is. I think Tennessee's done a better job evaluating. Players win games, coaches lose them, Jake. That's normally how it goes. Um, you know, speaking of one-liners, by the way, again, you're the king, but last year I had a one-liner. For whatever reason, I was I was feeling confident going into that one. And uh, I said that I've never met a hooker a cock couldn't tame. Well, unfortunately, it didn't play out that way. But uh, when you look at this game tomorrow night, Jake, I am uh, – I'm not confident at all. I, I've, <laughs> I've got Tennessee winning 59 to 13. I've, I've literally posted content telling Gamecock fans to buckle up because it's going to be ugly. Like I, and I'll tell you this, Jake, I try to be very self-aware, right? When, when, and, and as content creators, right, we do that, right? You don't want to be one, totally one side or the other. You just want to keep it real. And so I'm like, I've stopped this week and I'm like, do I feel worse than I should about this game going into it? But I think I'm reacting, and I think Gamecock Nation is reacting actually very rationally based off of what happened last Saturday in Gainesville. So is it as simple, Jake, as Tennessee is going to score as many as they want versus South Carolina is going to score as many as they can? I mean, I, I just – I know it's a night game at Willie B. I think Gamecock Nation will show up and weird things happen under the lights at williams Bryce, But I, I just think – the only way you really have a shot in this one is if Tennessee is is sleepwalking, basically, and plays their worst game of the season, and the Volunteers just cannot afford to do that. They are literally playing for the playoff. What's your overall thoughts on this game tomorrow night? Yeah, you know, look, I never say never, mm-hmm. but so many things have to go right for South Carolina, and so many things have to go wrong for Tennessee. Just the odds are so low of that happening. And look, if Tennessee was undefeated, and, and, and they didn't have their backs against the wall having to win every single game. And not only win it, but win them convincingly. Look last week at Missouri. I mean, they were bombs over Baghdad up like 35 points. I mean, they're trying to send a message. I just don't see Tennessee overlooking this game. And it's not like they got a big rival next week. 
uh, they got Vanderbilt, which had a great win at Kentucky. I think Clark Lee's doing a great job, but at the end of the day, it's still Vanderbilt. So uh, I just – the odds are so low because so many things have to go right for one team and wrong for another, and you've got veterans, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, it, it just it, – I just don't see it, Chris. Yeah. I don't either, Jake. <laughs> I don't think it's a hot take. Uh, Jake, last thing before I get you out of here again, we talk about the SEC slate and the national slate. With the SEC slate, while it's quote-unquote cupcake Saturday, there's some really interesting games, Jake. I'm actually on UMass plus 33 and a half because I don't think a and 34 points better than anybody. Uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas. <laughs> Ole Miss, Arkansas is a really intriguing game, right? I think still a two-and-a-half point favorite, something like that. Georgia. On the road at Kentucky, 22-and-a-half. I, I think the Dogs will win that game, obviously. The two games that stand out to me, though, Jake, and you can help me help me understand these, Auburn a five-and-a-half point favorite against Western Kentucky, and then LSU just a two-touchdown favorite against UAB. Are those kind of like some Vegas knows more than I understand type lines? Like, what do you make of the SEC slate this weekend? Because it's normally weekends like these, right, where you don't have – these these headliner matchups sometimes it's these weekends where the most chaos ensues yeah you know i called it the big i led led off i think tuesday's show with this is the biggest trap weekend of them all the weekend <laughs> before rivalry you know you you it's basically a young jock video but when you look at when you look at lsu and, and uab you know uab fighting for bowl eligibility I, I don't think lsu loses this game but i think it's a little bit tighter than what people think i mean LSU you know, obviously can't afford to lose another game and have a chance to make the playoff, which they control their own destiny, as crazy as that sounds, in my opinion, when it comes to making the playoff. I think that game may be a little bit tighter than what people think. The Auburn-Western-Kentucky game, look, Tyson Helton's done a great job up there. I was actually committed to Western Kentucky out of high school before I switched to uh, South Alabama. It's a great place. Bowling Green's uh, uh, – it's a beautiful town. Uh, they, they do get some pretty good recruits in there. And that offense is fun. I mean, look at what Bailey Zappi, you know, did for the Patriots. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not – they're not up there just, just hanging out and, and throwing their hat in the ring. They're, they're going to come down to Auburn to win. But I do think Cadillac has the attention of that team. I, I think Auburn's just better up front. I, I love the over. I absolutely love the over in that game. I got it at, at 52-and-a-half, I believe. So, uh, I don't see that one. You know, the Ole Miss-Arkansas game is very, very intriguing to me uh, with, with K.J. Jefferson coming back. Florida at Vanderbilt, you know, everybody's going to be buying Vanderbilt plus yeah. 14 because of last week. I think that definitely captured Florida's attention. There's no overlooking Vanderbilt. And then when it comes down to Georgia and Kentucky, Will Levis, you know, again, is, it may be the most overrated quarterback I've seen since Mitch Trubisky if we're going to be, you know, in, in all reality. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Kentucky's embarrassed. I wouldn't be shocked if this one was a little bit tighter early mm -hmm. than what everybody thought. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, I don't see a major, major upset. I mean, Alabama's going to beat Austin Peay. It's going to be like pistol whipping a blind kid. Uh, I don't, I don't see that being a problem. Uh, but man, I really, I really kind of like Arkansas. I love it, Jake. You're the man. <laughs> just, I just, you kill me. You kill me with the one-liners. I, I genuinely appreciate it. Um, yeah, looking forward to an exciting weekend, man. And of course, we got rivalry week next week. I, I'll be in touch with you to figure out, you know, the schedule. I know it's crazy with Thanksgiving, but. Uh, Truly do appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Looking forward to a fun weekend, and uh, we'll do it again next week, my guy. Always, man. Always always enjoy coming on. Just holler at me. Yes, sir. Take care. Great stuff. Jake Crane of Crane & Company. Guys, we are going to take one final break, but on the other side, we'll close out the show. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow.
All right, guys, final couple minutes on the show. Appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, I see Hunter Kelly's comment. Hope I hope it's motivation for South Carolina, their own fans doubting them. Hunter, I hope so, too. I, I hope so, too. I, I really do. Um, you know, like I said yesterday, gut check game. It's a gut check game. Um, you know, you, you, you can talk about all the storylines you want and the matchups you want, this, that, whatever, but... I mean, it's it's exhausting to do all that and then go into a game like the Florida game and just get thoroughly embarrassed. You know, it, it is. It is. Call it for what it is. I will say the one thing that Tennessee has been susceptible to this season is the pass, right? You look at their passing defense, giving up like 288 a game. Now, granted, I think most of those yards are coming because they're getting out so far ahead. Teams are having to throw their way back into games. But... This is an opportunity for Spencer Rattler. It, it, it is. It is. And I keep saying that week after week. Maybe this is it. Here we go. What's up, Hunter? Fire away. Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, yeah, so uh, about my comment and all, uh, yeah, they uh, – about the motivation and everything. I mean, on Florida, we, we had uh, – we actually had pretty – you know, we, we've been – obviously nice to them and everything saying, oh, we'll, we'll probably beat Florida and all because of last year. And I think they probably got that to their heads and like, oh, they, they got the cocky and everything going into the game. So hopefully, you know, with this game coming up, you know, they'll get that motivation coming up and, you know, hopefully they'll practice a lot more and, you know, because it's Marcus Satterfield, it's his, you know, his job is on the line. So obviously he's going to try to do his best, very best to, um, you know, get the O-line uh, doing the doing the thing and everything. So, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I will say i I did pick them. Uh, I did pick them to lose last week. So you know, I, I would have yeah. hoped that was motivation. But uh, I mean, I, listen. I, I we, we've talked all season. We've talked all season. Win and lose. That's that's really what matters. And so I I can live with losing tomorrow night. I, I listen. I, I'm I'm gonna show up at the stadium tomorrow night with my garnet and black blood, just hoping and praying that something something magical happens. It will, but I'm just not setting unfair expectations in this. So, yeah, that's why I'm not even bothered showing up to the game. I know it's gonna be cold as hell up there, and <laughs> it's just I, I don't want to be pressed if I'm gonna be watching the game, being there and everything. And that'll, that'll be a long ride home back to Charleston, and you're like, man, I, that, that was just a long game. Yeah, probably going to be a long night. If you, want, if you don't want to be freezing your balls off or anything like that, you could uh, you could go to uh, Walmart and buy one of those hand warmer things. And those, I'm telling you, that's like one of the best uh, investment to get uh, for a football game. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'll have to I have to invest in yeah. that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that's all I needed. I mean, hopefully, hopefully we'll upset them this weekend like they you know like they did with us and ruin our playoffs and hopefully we can do the same for them on Saturday. Indeed. Hunter, you're the man. Appreciate the call. No problem, man. Yeah, always a pleasure. Guys, on that note, we're gonna get out of here. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Um we're gonna hike it down to Cola. Fine bomb show gets going at three. Beamer taking the stage at five. So Looking forward to hearing what he's got to say, and uh, should be a fun day. So, again, guys, thank you all so much. We'll see you out at Seawells tomorrow. 
Uh, of course, the game tomorrow night. Looking forward to it and uh, should be one hell of a weekend. Go check out the podcast that dropped this morning. Stay tuned to all of the content. And again, thank you all so much for rolling with the punches. I, I truly do appreciate you guys. I mean, another successful week. Your love, your support means the absolute world, man. Thank you all. I truly do appreciate it. Hey, y'all take care. Have a good one. Have a great weekend. Go Cox. Beat Tennessee. And we will talk to you on Monday. <laughs>